0: Well, welcome to Shape the Conversation, our first episode in a while. And uh, if you're going to come back, there's no better way to do it probably than welcome Kirk on from Zato Marketing. And uh, you know, this kind of came from an email thread that Kirk and I were popping back and forth on talking about your new uh, Google Ads kind of small budget program. And that got us talking to the PPC landscape at large and um, figured we'd You know, just hop on the line, record an episode and talk about PPC agencies, software, the landscape, the future where we see it. And Nicole and I are really happy to have you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, Really
1: good to be here. I love listening to your episodes. So definitely an honor to be
0: on one of them. Yeah, well, thanks. And kind of when we were prepping what little prep that we've done for this episode, I pretty much thought we could. Just get into it and kind of talk about really what what brought the conversation up. Some of the things we talked about with Google making decisions around, you know, taking some power out of agencies' hands in some ways over the last few years and shape, obviously providing software to PPC agencies like yourself. You as a PPC agency, it's something that we think a lot, about a lot, the future and what Google thinks about agencies and really just, you know, in 10 years, do you think we'll have a business... At all, do you think it'll look similar to the way it does today? And um, yeah, that's kind of really what what we spend a lot of time thinking about here is is the future of PPC and where it's going. And I, I know you do too.
1: Yeah, definitely. The nice thing about some of these, you know, prophetic type conversations are if we <laughs> get it like really, really wrong, probably no one will remember anyways, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always weird to be considering existential threats to your business.
1: <laughs> right. And and that's, you know, even before getting into the topic, that's one thing for me is trying to avoid finding a threat behind every tree, you know, under every rock, um, mm-hmm. because you can spend all of your life, Chasing down kind of the exis- existential threat monsters. Um, and so at some point, you know, we don't want to just do that. Uh, you know, we we're bored. We needed a podcast idea. Well, let's talk about what can <laughs> kill something, you know. Um, but, I, but I do think, and thus from our, our short email conversation that led to this conversation, I do think that there are some key things that we both had kind of noticed even independently in, especially in the PVC world. Uh, One thing I thought that was really interesting was, you know, we're kind of looking at it from different angles. Um, You have agency experience, uh, of course, so you kind of know what that's like. But, you know, we're kind of hardcore right in the agency thing and kind of seeing some signals and interesting things going on. And for me, it was really interesting to hear from from you all on the software side, and and even in some ways, like the the, the VC side of things, and investing, right. and things like that. And um, I, I definitely think that we're not just making up some of this stuff uh, that yeah. we're going to talk about. So,
0: yeah, definitely. And just sort of what you're alluding to is there is uh, we're a venture backed software company. We raised a seed round in 2015. Under the guise that, you know, making PPC software, we'd be on this fast track, this rocket ship of the market exploding. And what we've seen over the last four or five years is really kind of the market, the bottom falling out uh, on a lot of that market. And um, seeing that venture capital dollars flowing into marketing tech, ad tech, and specifically PPC software tech, Nicole pulled some numbers is down considerably over the last three, four years.
2: Yeah, surprisingly. And between 2012 to 14, it was pretty much 50, well, about the 50 million was going into so up 10 of the top 10 tech providers. And then it like it just dropped off. 2016, you saw 3 million. So it just stopped altogether. There's, I, It's been a little bit of a resurgence. It's kind of up and down in the last couple of years, but not at the same levels.
0: Yeah. And what that means for a company like us is once venture capitalists start losing their appetite for your industry, it's really hard to raise follow on rounds. So where a traditional company like us might raise a few hundred thousand dollars to get off the ground like we did, then next step, a couple of years later, you raise like a million dollars to keep pushing the envelope and going along. And those options are a lot more limited when investors have um, lost appetite kind of for the types of technology that you're building. One of the big reasons that they don't have a big appetite for people serving specifically PPC agencies is that they think agencies are pretty fickle. They think Google is really cutting into a lot of what PPC agencies are doing today and really cutting into those margins. And when you start talking about lower margins and a shrinking market pool, investors get really nervous.
2: Yeah. And Kirk, you just mentioned that you had started seeing some of the signs of the industry changing. I was wondering kind of what you were seeing from your end from that PC agency side.
1: Yeah. So it's definitely things that, you know, you kind of put together, um, not necessarily anyone announcing, hey, we're shifting this. Um, But for me, I I think there are just a few things that start to to raise warnings For, for me specifically in my brain. What I'm thinking and looking at is um, I believe more and more that Google, uh, whether this is a purposeful decision, whether this is just kind of it's happening because of automation, how long this has been going on. I don't know those, but it does look like Google specifically seems to be making more and more of a play of circumventing the agency um, in, in a lot of different ways. And I think that's what, especially as John and I started chatting a little bit, that's that, those are some of the things that I brought out things like, um, you you know, just, just some random type things. So, uh, you know, the, the main, the main Google help number, uh, especially for agencies. I mean, that actually is for in-house as well. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. but there has been not just me noticing from, from a, a lot of people, there's just been a noticeable decline, um, in support quality. Uh, and, and I don't, I don't mean that in terms of like, we're whining because, um, Hey, we used to get like steak dinners, and now we get like really good enchilada dinners or something. Okay. I mean, like we are being told tracked, yeah, like we have screenshots and stuff. I mean, there are there are falsehoods being communicated, or directly contradictory things being communicated without um, you know too much of a, an apology or, or things like that. So there there seems to be. Uh, kind of a decrease in overall general support as well as even somewhat of a, I, I don't know, uh, even some sort of concern about like making that change. There hasn't been a change since that's really hit. So things like that. Um, there have also been, you know, more aggressive targeting, it seems from what we've seen in terms of directly contacting agency clients. Um, hey, your, your agency is, is actually not doing this well, and it might be a form of automation, uh, when that's kind of brought to light, uh, you know Google, kind of the primary corporate Google will have a response of some sort of, oh hey, you know we're contacting this rep specifically to talk to them. Um, so like I said, some of this is you piece stuff together. Some people will say, well, hey, Google's always been like this. Uh, some people will say, like myself, I, I think I think there has been a noticeable shift of becoming more into this in terms of the, the circumventing agencies. I think a lot of that has to do with also the onslaught of machine learning and automation. Um, and my theory right now is probably, you know, for whatever reason, and we can chat about some of that stuff uh, in terms of reasoning motivations, whatever it might be, but it looks to me probably like Google is is more going the route of hoping to get, you know, direct to what their consumer would be, maybe just businesses direct to the business um, communicate directly with them and see less and less of a need of probably what they perceive would be somewhat of a middleman, third third party agency. I have my reasons for not thinking that's a good idea, but, but I think, you know, my suspicion is that's probably kind of a play that they're making, whether or not that's actually happening or going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think if you view it from the reality of what a Silicon Valley type ultimate unicorn like Google is, their, their ideal is the more tech, the better, <laughs> the less people involved in, in the process, the better. The, their, their natural inclination is going to be to try to eliminate, like you said, those quote middlemen. I think there's a lot of tricky things in there. I know you talk a lot about agencies are a lot of ways like a great customer support almost channel for Google that they might not even know what they're about to get into trying to deliver customer support to all um, these direct advertisers that maybe don't have as much PPC knowledge in house. And those initial campaign launches are going to have so much further to go to get to where they want them to be.
1: Yeah. I, I'm not sure if this analogy stands, but it it really reminds me of kind of an e-commerce world, like the retailers manufacturers thing. Mm -hmm. You have the brands, the manufacturers and, Often, and typically this is how things have been, um, it, it has begun to change more, uh, with, especially with the internet, um, but you do more typically have the brand and manufacturer, and they, they would typically say, hey, look, we're really good at this product, like we're really good at making bikes and we love making bicycles. We, we kill it with bicycles. Uh, we're not great at the other stuff. And so that's typically why we're going to use retailers for, you know, getting our, getting our reach further and these established retailers and all that, as well as, you know, like you said, handling customer service and, and, and returns and shipping and, and all that stuff. Um, and I think Probably that's a little bit of a similar thing where um, Google might in this instance, quotation marks, be like the manufacturer, um, agencies being a little bit like retailers. And I think that's part of probably, I would assume what they're determining is, hey, if we shift to more of a DTC model, which is starting to become more popular with with brands these days, um, uh, direct to consumer, then... Mm -hmm you know, then is is exactly like you said, are they, are they looking at that thinking, hey, we could probably save, you know, whatever it might be. Um, are the agency, and, and I think that would be probably the question that they, I would hope they're asking. I would hope that this isn't all just happening without them even thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I would think that they need to ask themselves exactly like you said, okay, here are all these free, like, it doesn't cost us anything. There are these established businesses whose sole job really is to get new clients for us, to get new people advertising for us, uh, to deal with, you know, the customer service with that and all that. So is the money we're going to lose by eliminating that worth it if we can, in kind of a direct to consumer way, potentially make more sales quotation marks, which I guess would be increasing ad dollars um so yeah
0: yeah for me the where google can really win on machine learning and win on ai is when the goals are very firmly established and at least my background in ppc agency life before getting in on the software side was that oftentimes those goals are not as clear cut that you can write a simple algorithm to and you know managing like a diverse array of clients there's still a lot of nuance in there and i don't see that nuance going away in the next two to three years at least Mm -mm. no definitely not and i think exactly
1: what you said that's yeah i mean even just looking at one thing of of attribution there's still so much left that needs to be solved with that if it can if if aspects of it even can be solved which i personally think there are aspects that can't be um and in that case exactly like what do you do with all of these businesses that are going to struggle with 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 things like that establishing goals tracking those goals um it doesn't mean it'll never happen. Um, I, I I would agree with what you said in terms of two to three years. Ab, you know, absolutely not. Nothing. I don't think anything major will will
0: shift by then. Um, but we'll we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the tough part. Like, I'm imagining looking at, let's say, a thousand dollar a month apartment community type budget for. Um, a PPC client, how much different does that strategy really look two, three, four years from now than it did two, three, four years prior to now? I I don't see those queries, those things changing too much. Now, can Google potentially start its own internet listing service and have the apartment inventory tied to it and be taking some traffic away from people getting all the way to the website. Yeah, I can see that. But in terms of spending a $1,000 PPC budget, today in a lot of industries, you're looking at 80 to 90% of spend is still on Google and a real intent based type spend. I don't see that percentage or or that kind of breakdown changing too too much for a lot of industries that are especially B2B or lead gen type focused. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And I, and I think that now shrinking is not necessarily growing or thriving. So um, in terms of looking at PPC in the future and and the types of companies that are going to serve these sorts of clients, the one thing that we we kind of have talked about a little bit and touched on is maybe losing this kind of like I don't know, large middle class of PPC agencies. So either clients will start to have their PPC spend managed by really big media agencies or big conglomerates that can operate at scale, really put a lot of data together in one place, or more of like a Zotto on the other end. You've kept your operation very lean. You have deep relationships with your customers. They trust you. Now, the management fee you're spending is more than just they look at as a dollar to dollar on ad spend. They know that that management fee is is helping them above and beyond whatever percentage that is. And that kind of loss of middle class, I think, is where a lot of PPC analysts need to be thinking about or looking at while they look at their career, they look at the companies they're working for, and that what types of traits would you kind of look at for an agencies that are going to you know, either kind of thrive or struggle, or what do you kind of view for that sort of middle-class of agencies? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I I mean, for what it's worth, I, I think that you're right. Um, I do think there's gonna be a lot of, let's just call them the middle-class agencies that are probably gonna be bought by a lot of those bigger bigger um, conglomerates, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's also a way for them to look look great. I mean, all of a sudden they're, they're immediately growing by, X number of
0: clients, employees, things like that. So Yeah, and those middle class of agencies starting to look at the future, starting to see, oh man, it's going to get even mm-hmm. harder to compete over the next three, four, five years. Maybe I should get out of this, get some liquidity, sit back, work for a bigger agency for a few years and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and w- well, you know, so to answer your question, um, you know, what types of agencies, what should you look for? To me, that also goes along with kind of another aspect that I was thinking of. Like, if people are listening who are with brands or, uh, you know, with advertisers and you do have agencies hired or you're trying to think through this too, you know, one one thing that fits into this conversation as well that to me should be a really big red flag to the non agency, non Google people is one company controlling not only, um, not only the placement, but the creative and the the spend budget recommendations and all of that, and that being what they're controlling is, is exactly equivalent to what their revenue is. And, and for the size of Alphabet, Google's parent company, it's still vast, the vast majority of it is still Google Ads. Mm-hmm. I, I think there should probably be some sort of pause of anyone really wanting it to go towards Google primarily running things directly. Because um, in some ways, and, and bad agencies are not good at this, but in some ways, an agency is not only good at being your, uh, you know, manager and optimizer solution, but they're, they're also, they also can be your advocate. Um, so like there are times where we've, we've actually discovered, oh, hey, there are, there are issues with how Google, you know, there's some sort of glitch we requested you know, billing and got, Hey, here's a thousand bucks back, you know, for this client. Right. I mean, this stuff, this stuff happens. And um, those are more of those scenarios that you just don't really think about until unfortunately until sometimes it's gone and you start to realize, wow, when all of these companies filled with busy uh, you know, entrepreneurs or busy marketing managers who have a million things on their plate. And all of a sudden they're basically it's them and their relationship with Google you really are kind of hand handing the, the key to the, you know, the nursery to the, to the dingo. If, if that reference <laughs> uh, makes sense, <laughs> um, the dingo, the, the wild dog. <laughs> um, yeah. and so, yeah. So, so to kind of go back to your question, um, I think that's part of it is, you know, looking for agencies who, who really know what they're doing um, and are not just simply trying to add on services to bulk up their, you know, to bulk up what what they're, what they're looking like online. And I think probably those also coincidentally will be some of those agencies who, who might not make it through the next five to 10 years as well. Because those bigger conglomerates, I mean, the bigger agencies have the depth, they have the people to really be able to focus on multiple channels and go deep and do, and do great at that. Um, but I think it's the three, you know, three person, 10 person shop who's trying to manage social paid search, um, content, email, all that stuff that, that's really going to start struggling, especially uh, because of
0: that too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And that's where I think where I've looked at it sometimes when I, you know, am up at night thinking about it, you know, thinking about the future PPC, what I kind of come back to is focusing on, you know, the day to day, what you're doing to solve problems of your customers today, talk to your customers. Are they giving you positive feedback? Yeah. Are they, giving you indications that yeah they're not going anywhere next quarter or the quarter after you mentioned earlier about google going after and sending you know emails to your potential clients and then it you know that's always a fun conversation to have i remember those ones always but it's those things that i think are, are frustrating for a lot of ppc people when um, you know, obviously we believe in the ultimate power of Google. And sometimes I feel like the Google employees are the last people to really see where that trickle down effect can be if you're not looking at it from the people perspective. And at the end of the day, this is a local business putting a thousand dollars in a month into this marketing channel. And, and that's a big deal for them. And I worry a lot of times about Google aggregating too much data together and thinking, oh, if we can make this massive lift in some individual brand on e-commerce, that might kind of smooth their numbers a little bit to where they don't really see this sort of undercurrent of small businesses losing faith in their advertising because they haven't gotten the campaign set up to kind of their specific niche and their nuance through Azato or through somebody like that that's been through it before. because. We all know those normal defaults on Google are not set up for the $500 a month advertiser to win.
2: Yeah, and I think that's where you see a lot of churn as well. And, and it's interesting to me that at this point, as we see Google getting more of these small SMB clients right off the bat, they're trying to, uh, a while back, they were just putting up these, these websites uh, basically based off of your Google, my business page, but they can, and then running ads to it, they can sell these and they can churn through them at a, at a high rate. And in their eyes, right, they might, like you said, they might upsell one big e-commerce client to smooth over a lot of churn and burn from these little SMBs. But they have such a wide market that they can do that. Whereas when you really think about agencies and the, I mean, their livelihoods depend on their relationship with Google or their relationship with Facebook, their ability to sell for the betterment of the client, right, but also for their continued existence
0: yeah in terms of the agencies are customer service but they're also a sales front and a sales force for Google like what how long have you been running Zato now?
1: Uh, let's see I think I started in 2011
0: okay and when you were selling clients or people on PPC in 2011 or 12, have those value props or, or those things you were using to kind of make those sales and make believers in PPC, have those changed uh, too definitively over the last seven or eight years? Do you feel like that's still a pretty consistent sales story?
1: That is a really good question. I don't even know if I've specifically thought of it. I would say that the core of of it has, has remained the same. Um, and typically because we are just a paid search agency, so that actually makes things a lot easier. That's one of the reasons why I like doing that because it just keeps everything simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, we typically have gone down the route of really being able to say, hey, we love paid search and here's why. And then here's, here's how we believe we can help you, as, as, our, you know, as, as who we are, right? But especially being able to sell people on paid search, you know, for the most part that hadn't changed for quite a while. And that was primarily that intent based marketing, which was, which was so powerful. Um, and that usually was our, our primary thing of, of sales. Cause a lot of times as, as we would talk about that and show our excitement and, and how much we love paid search and that, that actually was for us personally a sales tool. Cause people would hear that and you know, they'd, they'd want the people who, who loved what they're doing so much too and, and knew about it. and, so for us, like paid search intent-based marketing was such a, a key thing. Like, hey, someone is typing in exactly what they what they're interested in right now. You are you are having basically a single conversation with one person, telling you at this exact moment that they want what you what you have to sell. That is an unbelievable uh, power in marketing, right? And so, with the right uh, with the right keyword ch- choices and the right ads that's that's why paid search is so powerful and and again ironically to kind of google just doing googly things all over the place here in the last 10 years that is itself is just really getting diminished in our ability to promise that to be honest because they mm-hmm. keep throwing things like all these close variant things into it and they they keep uh all of a sudden you know things are going more and more towards um averaged to audience type things as well and i think as things do get more into automation, that is where there's a, there's a good thing about that where the machine does have more triggers than we're able to kind of get our heads around and, and, and advertise as well. Um, but I think there are going to be some drawbacks to that and, sometimes you don't really fully understand that until you're looking back with 2020 hindsight um so it we are in some interesting times in paid search i think
0: i think that blending of audience kind of focused strategy or audience focused bidding is a double edged sword like you're saying i mean that Being able to lose that promise to a potential PPC client of we're going to put you in front of people that are searching like that is Google's ultimate existential threat to me and blending in the audience first where you might be seeing this ad because you're on a remarketing list or there's some pixel that you were four weeks ago, you know, now that Google's serving up there that that to me is I always think about it still like there's intent-based advertising and then there's all other advertising to me. And that is what made me fall in love with PPC to start with, was Mm -hmm. that this is the ultimate intent-based advertising. We can track it, what people were searching for and get your ad in front of them. And that's where I think Google needs to be protecting a little bit more. Like you're saying, I'm right on the same page there. Like keyword focused intent, baked, focused advertising is the most powerful business model ever created. And I think the reason that Google can provide such, you know, weak customer service, honestly, in a lot of, uh, departments cause their product is just so good and so powerful that everybody else kind of has to just deal with it around the edges and fight the good fight as much as you can go to the Google partner meetings, talk this stuff up. Um, and make sure that you know that we're not losing that intent-based world that we all kind of fell in love with, and and why we really believe in PPC from the software perspective. Our value prop and everything is is scarcely similar four or five years than it, 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 you know as it was four or five years ago as it is now. That's interesting to me, and something you'd think would be so hot, fast-paced, so machine learning-focused. For us, it really comes down to there's still an analyst, a client, and a budget in most PPC relationships. And it's kind of from the software perspective where I do think Google has really eaten in, as much as Google has maybe eaten into the PPC agency market, they've eaten into the PPC software market 20x (laughs) times. Um, I mean, they're actively launching free products like Data Studio, that have teams of engineers behind them that should make any tool focused on pure reporting very interested in what they're building. Um, they that From that perspective too, that's why venture capitalists look at companies like us and they're not as excited to pour money into it as maybe they were four or five years ago. We kind of had to, to see where the market was going and the decision we made was to really get off that hyper... VC kind of back path where you're burning through a lot of cash every month, adding people to the team every month. We really took a step back and instead said, okay, let's focus on the customers we're serving. Like you were saying, instead of vertically going, okay, we're a PPC agency, maybe that's not the future. Let's go SEO, let's build websites, let's do all these things we actually felt like the big opportunity might be to focus on that niche of people with budgeting problems, focus on that core relationship, almost kind of like do less, but do it better. Mm -hmm. Because as we see that sort of shrinking middle class a little bit, I think those big agencies that are buying everybody up, they're going to be building their own tools, having in-house developers. And then the agencies on the other end that are more smaller, leaner shops are going to be building tech stacks and, and plugging in tools that are really focused to do a certain thing. And then honestly, letting Google kind of fill in all the cracks with Data Studio and um, algorithms they're launching within the interface. Like That's one of the big things in the PPC software world is, okay, are you building a bid algorithm? How are you doing it? How is yours any big, better than Google? You've seen companies like Marin just get crushed <laughs> over the last decade because they really focused on that bid optimization path. And now Google and Facebook and all these places are just doing it. Mm-hmm. So have you seen that, like that sort of trickle, do you feel any of that trickle down on the tech um, perspective? Like, would you, you probably feel inundated with software solutions, but when you really look at the names in PPC, they've been pretty consistent over the mm-hmm. last three, four five years, surprisingly. And to me, that's really a symptom of not a, super frothy venture capital market unless you'd have all these entrepreneurs starting PPC companies and raising money in a few weeks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that it's, it's always fascinating to hear from, yeah, from like a product side. Cause that's something a little bit different for me. Um, one thing that's interesting as I consider that, especially the PPC software tech stuff like that, like a couple of thoughts, one would be, um, there's, I feel like there's only so much that can be done with PPC tech. And maybe that's also part of it too, right? Because, so let's say that someone is already doing, I'll I'll try to pick something that's totally not in your wheelhouse at all, you know, (laughs) like maybe remarketing or something, right? Someone's already doing programmatic remarketing, they're killing it, they're doing a great job. Well, someone might be able to come in and challenge that on the basis of maybe price. Well, we do the same thing, but we do it cheaper, or maybe our audiences are a little better or stuff like that but in a lot of ways some of this stuff with PBC tech is at at the core it's it can be very similar and so then busy marketing managers busy agencies stuff like that just just getting someone to switch can really make it difficult i would i would assume some of this is assumption to enter the market as well uh, another thought on that too is so as as an agency um, from from a, From the standpoint of Google or the engines kind of putting some of this stuff together, that's where I find myself definitely not opposed because again, just kind of shooting it straight, if it's going to be something that they are doing well that I can trust. So those two things are really big. Um, but hey, if if I'm not concerned about trusting Google in this XYZ tech thing they made, um, let's let's say ad testing, um, then if they make a tool in their UI that's easy to use, that tests ads really well, and it saves me a couple hundred bucks a month that I was paying for my ad testing software to that startup, then that as kind of that agency or that marketer, that can be a positive thing. Um, and so that might also be some of where that, that comes in, especially with Google, and, and even on the agency side, I, I have to say that I respect the fact that Google, Google's a business. They're trying to do what I'm doing. Um, I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, they're, they're trying Mm -hmm. to make a profit. They're trying to do it the best they can. Um, obviously we, we want to make sure people aren't being unethical and illegal and things like that, but that aside, um, it's not that, I think I'm I'm looking ahead, saying, "Oh man, I need to I need to protect what what my business is." My I'm an agency, and so why is Google evil? Well, because they're trying to get rid of my agency. I'm not saying they are. I'm just you know, and and to me, that's not even what I'm necessarily saying or concerned about. It's not just that I feel like they're attacking my livelihood. If they even are, I think for me, I'm I'm still looking at a couple of things and just not comprehending going back to what you said with things like cs like customer service customer support um, you know the amount of stuff that they're going to have to build out and the teams they're going to have to build out the agencies are doing for like like let's just say agencies were gone you know the, the millions of direct advertisers right just on customer support um, all of the additional conversations that we have with clients on on, on the back end Um, that, that trust issue I said as well, I think is legitimate, the sales aspect, you know, I've often wondered why I know Google has done some, they've made efforts in the past in some way with, with sales support. Um, but they've always seemed to me a little bit half-hearted and not actually kind of helping what actually I would need for sales support. And I have communicated some of those things. There seem to be opportunities missed there of again, like, Hey, here are free, like, you don't have to pay commission to us agencies. You don't have to pay anything literally at all. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, because, like, when we get clients with your help, we all win. Mm-hmm. And and so it's just kind of curious to me that they haven't really ever seemed – that again, that they've just kind of seemed interested continually in trying to get past agencies as opposed to see us as, like, w- literally wanting the same thing that
0: Google does. Yeah, I definitely think we – hundred percent respect Google's right to operate their business and that we understand that they, um, you know, kind of set the rules in some way and it's kind of on us to sort of play around that. But when I look at it, so I, when I try to think about why does Google make decisions, it's, you know, they're very, for as big of a company as they are, they are very focused and re, you know, over the last few years changing their mantra to sort of being an AI first, company, if you put it through that lens, mm-hmm. the things you're talking about are people intensive. They're they're like the opposite of everything that Google wants to be. If you look at a a services business like Zato, they're very they're the exact opposite of Google in terms of their focus on tech and and away from people in a lot of ways and on that pure AI. And you've built like those people, those soft relationships with clients that um, you know, lets them not freak out if there seems to be a 100 extra dollars out of their bank account that month that was maybe towards ads that, oh, well, Kirk must have something on this or I'll be able to get an answer as opposed to imagine them in the future going through some chat bot that isn't actually run by a person until 10 questions in. I think that is where it'd be fascinating to try to talk to somebody from Google to see where they, where they could see AI actually helping some of those day-to-day customer service type issues.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And one note of interest in, especially as we look towards the role, as you brought up, the human role, automation, those playing together, we're seeing a little bit of a microcosm right now of this conversation, in my opinion, with with smart shopping. Um, It's a campaign type in mm-hmm. uh, in google so it was pushed live about a year ago and it has been fascinating to watch the phenomena that is smart shopping <laughs> because there has been it, it was kind of released in a very googly way and what i mean by that is it was released as in we are the saviors of the e-commerce world. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, and if you trust in us, you too shall be saved. Amen um, with this smart shopping campaign type. And it was this like, hey, this automation, it's it, automation can't, you know can't lose. Um it's amazing. Switch over your accounts now. It's kind of been this really intentional reps uh, pounding it into advertisers and us and all that. And um definitely there are there are aspects of it that that work well. Um, but what has begun to shift over time is all of a sudden there are oh, there are layers of complexity now that are starting to be added into smart shopping. Cause guess what? They realized that a lot of us advertisers were like, okay, great, you have a ROAS target. ROAS return on ad spend is always gonna be weighted towards more of the bottom funnel audiences. Well, what happens when we also like you know like to do marketing and uh, that's top of funnel stuff too and guess what that ROAS is typically going to be lower and we're a-okay with that because we understand what's going on like that's not even baked into your system at all and uh, and and so kind of this rollback I was I was just at a um, a shopping expert series thing with Google last week on this and the the what was being communicated was dramatically different than even just a year ago in terms of even statements like, hey, we understand that the machine works best within like within certain guidelines and, and gateways mm-hmm. and things like that. And so we're we're helping to come in and assist that. And so there even seems to be a little bit of this release of, of automation and things like that, that I don't wanna say is not thought through, but maybe it's just more of a trust of the automation. Maybe it's not really fully comprehending all of the other stuff that comes in. I, I don't know everything. But we see that done. And I think that's part of what has us a little bit concerned. Exactly some of the things you said about all the stuff about the human side of things and how important that is. And my concern would be that, that Google really does push hard towards more automation getting past. Let's go direct to the consumer, direct to the advertiser. And they do start to really kind of disrupt in a bad way the space. And then all of us are looking back on it saying, well, that wasn't great. Now, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I feel a little bit like we're heading towards that. Um, hopefully, there will be some, you know, hopefully conversations like this even can can just help think think about that and the role that, that especially third-party software and third-party agencies have in this as well. Uh, but it's definitely going to be interesting to watch.
0: Yeah, that like when you're when you're looking at Google and and trying to figure out what they're thinking, and our conversation has been really Google based. But I think one of the sort of um, lost things sometimes, I know in my past working in PPC was to almost be so Google focused that you a lot of your value is looking back and 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 looking at their bigger picture in a digital marketing front the strategy what channel partners you might be going through and i think that is the ultimate kind of safety blanket that agencies have is that companies are going to look to spend advertising dollars if google's product goes so far one direction where feel like the market is giving pushback and eventually the bad customer support catches up with them somebody will jump up to probably fill that void
2: well and i think that's that's Kind of this the question to me is is the future of agencies having to go back and clean up the <laughs> you know all of the issues that and I'm not gonna throw one ad platform under the bus, but that these create by by going so far towards automation that they have to then come back in and step in, in a consultant role because automation has then just been, the, it is the thing, right? Everything is automated to a T. And instead you're seeing analysts or advertisers now as consultants or as um, strategists, whereas I'd say up until the last couple of years, it was largely tactician based and then strategy on top, right? But especially for those agencies that were you know, running through so many clients, it it was a lot of tactics, right? Mm-hmm. That's an interesting future to me to think about for digital advertisers. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully, right. There is a a combination of transparency and working together with the ad platforms and these advertisers really want to, you know, go full in and learning, you know, all they can and becoming kind of like the best combination strategist, automated, you know, whatever that like,
0: Yeah. And where I see kind of the breakdown of Google's strategy being all in AI, like automated to a T, like you said, where I see that failing is that, they're like they're talking about smart campaigns they work better within parameters Mm -hmm. and those parameters to me are just like a coded way of saying a human touch Mm -hmm. and the best ppc results i've ever seen is like software with a high level of human touch Mm -hmm. in and around it and i think because a lot of the uh, Google still only has access to the data they have. They don't necessarily see always the in-depth data from a Bing campaign or a Quora or wherever LinkedIn, these other ones are. And when you're facing such a difficult challenge like attribution, which is one you've thought about more than most, if, if, you're stro- if you're trying to figure out attribution, that isn't just a Google problem that that's coming from anywhere your your client might be putting dollars and that's where i start to think that the i, I believe in the free market and i believe in the market will d- like curtail google a little bit around the edges there and i think they'll see more of kind of these launches need more human touch than maybe the idyllic version of of their company maybe or the idyllic version of the a lot of ad networks would maybe want for their future i think companies like us exist because of those third those challenges of bringing together data from multiple places into one place and i think um, for us those those problems are still there no, uh google's never going to be able to have two way api pushes back into facebook or these other places they're just not going to allow a google product to at least like a, a perfectly like, or like a run completely within Google product to have that type of power. And Google's never going to put enough engineers on a problem like that to actually do it because their focus is just on their own data, their own AI. They eventually think that maybe if they focus so hard on that, it'll, it'll solve everything. But I think what, what I continue to believe in is that that change will still be slower than a lot of people think and i think it kind of brings us back to the thesis of kind of the podcast what we, we were talking about is that we're we're definitely more nervous given some of the decisions google make that maybe they're taking a more active stance you know against the agency life or against some third party actions but at the same time i think some of the natural like gravity or some of the things that are within PPC, within the majority of the spend in terms of analyst you know, taking into account a lot of complicated things for a client. I still see that as a pretty steady place to be right now as a marketer.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. And, and I think exactly what Nicole said too is is probably pretty key, which would be uh, really on the on the troubleshooting, analysis, you know, reporting, communication side of things. Even if, even if things are ultra, ultra automated. So again, going back to smart shopping, because I just, I think smart shopping is a really great look right now at, at Google, pretty much controlling almost every single aspect of, of what you do aside from you giving it a budget and, and a target return on ad spend, which that's optional. <laughs> yeah. um, so You know, and even then, there are aspects to it that uh, you have to make sure that the data being fed into um, it—exactly what you've been saying, John—is so crucial, and and they'll admit that too. And so, what that looks like with smart shopping is the feed. And so, um, and and even, even setting these things up, right. You know, who knows what Google ads in five years or 10 years is going to look like. It's definitely going to look, I, I bet the word smart, if they haven't rebranded it into something else is definitely going to be in many other places. Um, but, but even then, you know, you get, you get a busy, like director of marketing at some brand and they're only going to be able to do so much. So, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Having having someone assist with that is still going to be necessary on, on some of that analysis and troubleshooting and making sure the data in there is being fed. So I, I agree. I, I think there's still plenty of opportunity for assistance. But, you know, as you alluded, alluded to, I definitely see those <laughs> There, I, I think that that's going to be shrinking. Is the amount of, of slots open for assistance that that is? So yeah. probably those who you know really do have uh, the the best analysis skills, the best ability to troubleshoot, really know things like that are are going to be set up set set up the best. I think.
0: Yeah, like I'd love to see NPS uh, or Net Promoter Score breakdown of end advertisers for Google between the ones that use an agency and the ones that don't. Uh, you know, especially for the cohorts that are just a mom and pop and they get a you know, those Google ad flyers and they go on there and they spend their free hundred dollars, like how often are they spending that next two or three hundred dollars? And I, I think it's been fascinating to me that the problems we've had to solve on the software side. A lot of those ones we thought for sure we were going to have to tackle within our software when we got started, like build algorithms and um, real in-depth op- optimize, like campaign optimizer type strategies are ones that our customers haven't really demanded as much or at all because you're going to smart shopping or you know, smart conversions or these smart goals. Um, things from Google and that's where advertisers are kind of leaning on now and they need more of an aggregator to bring in multiple channels to one place that um, makes them more of the strategist like Nicole is saying than the real tactician. Um, And so that's where for me, okay, Uh, From a personal perspective, I didn't end up with the SaaS company that hit 100 million ARR in the first four years.
2: I was going to say we still have time, but not the
0: first four years. (laughs) Now, I did put some pitch decks, full disclosure, in front of VCs that had our revenue close to that. But I don't feel bad because that's what you're supposed to do. And at the time, I legitimately believed it. But if you looked at where digital spend has gone over the last four or five years, you would think that the software and the ecosystem around it would be a thriving, um, you know, growing ecosystem. And we we see there's still a lot of like interesting challenges. There's still a lot mm-hmm. of businesses that are operating within it successfully. We're profitable. We've been cash flow positive now for a year or two. There's still a lot of opportunity within the space, but specifically from our perspective, like looking at from a software end and what to expect if you're an analyst out there listening to it, I wouldn't expect too many new competitors to really be entering the space that are solving super complex PPC problems um, or that are do that are solving real in-depth optimization type problems because i think a lot of people are going to be looking to the ad networks there so for us we're really focused on solving a lot of operational issues and collaboration issues and some of those things where google just has shown no interest in kind of taking on some of those problems and i think that's where we can continue to serve agencies
1: yeah that's that's really interesting congrats that's amazing too, being being <laughs> cash flow positive. I mean, that's I, I love that. I know we've chatted a little bit about that in the past, but that's kind of how you know I look at my just tiny little agency as well. I'm just, I'm just, I'm enjoying this. I I, I, I want to have mm-hmm. a business that you know makes an impact on who we can have an impact on, and you know, and and is is profitable and that kind of thing. And some people would you know aren't, maybe aren't as impressed because shape and Zato haven't grown as exponentially as others. And there's some level of, at some point you stop caring about who you're being compared to and you just appreciate mm-hmm. what you got. And I always have respect for, for people like that.
0: Thanks. Well, that means a lot. And I, and I would echo that too. I think, you know, we had been a lot happier as a team and, and felt a lot better when we focused more on our own definition of success and focus on those things that we've, built a company within the space I was a PPC analyst I dreamed of having software that did all the things that shape does today and always said that I wanted to create a software that would have made me want to keep being a PPCer but a lot of the manual (laughs) stuff just wore down on me too much and so those things do feel great and i I trying to at least, you know, give some perspective from analysts and to, you know, company CEOs like you, what it's like out there in the software world. There's, um, you know, a lot of companies that have been serving the market for four or five, six years. And honestly, I would kind of expect those names to stay pretty much the same over the next three, four, five, six years when you look at the trends in terms of what's flowing into startups from a venture capital perspective. But... Maybe we can uh, record another episode where we go a little bit more in depth on that <laughs> and uh, kind of our, our, our philosophies from a business perspective. Because I, I think it, it, it's really fun as a, as a business owner to try to think about, okay, what, what are the biggest threats to my business? And when it, the, you know, for lack of a better term in this phrase, like the opponent or the other end is a company like Google. What, what do they not succeed at, you know, when eventually they want to do it? And I think there's nuances within that, that if you're in PPC, you, you really need to be thinking about and taking into account if you're building teams or you're building workflows, you're building operations, you, you need to think about why is Google making decisions and what might their decision making process look like in the future? And what does that mean for the type of services you need to offer your clients? Yeah. And I think what that's price awesome. point can you charge for it? <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes. The, yeah. That's the crucial one. Right. I, I love that idea. Um, it's funny. I actually had pitched a couple of different um, sessions and, and none, of, none none of them have bit bitten. Bought. <laughs> <Bot. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> none, none have jumped. I, I sound like Porky Pig. <laughs> <laughs> none of them have have leaped on the opportunity yet. But it was it was actually that something similar to that. It was um, what was the title? Something like uh, you don't have to grow your agency or something like that. And mm. it was basically. Uh, here's how to think about pricing and profit and process and things like that. And, and, the, and, and client filtering, um, mm-hmm. because yeah. that's, that's such a core aspect as well. Um, and yeah, that, cause I, I think that is a great way to look at it. And as we've said, again, to like create a good solid, like just business that we're trying to do, I, I mean, maybe I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but honestly, I'm not, I'm not trying to change the world with Zato. I'm just, I'm just trying yeah. to do a, a great job and live a good life and, and serve our clients and serve my family and stuff like that. And, uh, and I'm, I'm happy for some people like an Elon Musk and that who do change the world. Um, yeah. I'm okay with that, not being me and, and doing that with Zato. And I think probably maybe businesses who fail, maybe wouldn't fail if they looked at a little, a little more like that as well. So
2: I would say you may not be trying to, but you definitely are, even if you're being humble about it, because of how much you teach people in the industry, how open you are to other people. So just know that we do appreciate it. Even if you don't think you are, you are changing yeah. changing the industry. Oh, cool. And, uh, well, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Well, thanks again, giving us a lot of your time. I, I got a feeling we got a few more topics in us maybe for the future a- at some point to to talk through but really appreciate you bringing bringing shape the conversation kind of back you know <laughs> it was your enthusiasm here that helped push it when i pitched to the team like hey kirk uh, kind of thinks we should do an episode it was it was definitely the sway I needed to be able to set aside a day to record and do this. So we really appreciate it.
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah,
1: cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Hopefully in two years, you don't look back and you're like, my goodness, that was a terrible idea
0: to keep going. On <laughs> no, definitely not. And I guess we should say like full disclosure, Zato is a Shape customer, correct?
1: No, yeah. there you go.
0: Yes, <laughs> yeah, before... anybody who follows us on Twitter knows that by now.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. very happy to be transparent about that
0: okay (laughs) all right well thanks again kirk and uh i'm sure we'll be talking to you soon yep sounds good thanks